0: Hey, you guys, this is Kristen with the Extra Sisters. I just wanted to give an update. You're going to hear more about my cousin in this episode, but we're going to start in the beginning where my cousin's actually been incredibly sick. He went into hospice. We recorded this episode on May 24th. He actually ended up dying on June 5th, and this will be released on June 14th. I just wanted to let you guys know what what was going on with him. And it was kind of cool because I basically knew that he was gone or going like really, really soon because I heard some weird stuff going on in my house. I was in my bedroom and I assumed I heard like footsteps or like padding and I thought it was one of my cats and it was like a horror movie. And uh, (laughs) instead uh, my cat was in the kitchen eating and I was all by myself. And then I was sitting on the couch, and I was actually editing this episode, interestingly enough. And I heard some footsteps, like, running down the hall towards me. And neither of this scared me, and I kind of assumed. I was like, I wonder if that's Rob, if he's gone, or if he is going. And this is commotion of the family trying to get to him. And then I did find out probably the next day, but he had died basically a couple hours after I had heard all that stuff. So...
1: That blew my mind when you called me and told me all that.
0: Yeah. And uh I had actually I hadn't really thought of it before, but I had done a reading months upon months ago. I do like tarot card readings for myself and my family and my friends just to keep up on stuff that maybe you should keep track of or maybe pointing you in the right direction of to of what to do, which actually led me to this podcast. Things like that. It just helps give a little bit of direction and I had done a reading and it told me in June one of my family members was going to die, basically. And my grandmother has been, she has dementia, so I assumed maybe that would be it, but it was kind of fast. I hadn't even known that Rob was this sick for a while, and he did jo- die June 5th, so. That's crazy. Yeah.
1: Not crazy in like a crazy, yeah. you're crazy, but like in a coincidental kind of way. Um, yeah. And the reason you're hearing this in the beginning is because You went up to Washington State and saw him recently.
0: I did. I actually got to sit down and listen to this really spooky story from him and his point of view that happened to he and his husband, and it was really cool, and I wish I had hit record, but instead you get me, sadly drunkenly, telling you guys what happened to him, and it was kind of cool at least to pay a little bit of tribute to him.
1: Absolutely. So we want to preface this episode and dedicate it to your cousin Rob. Yep. And also buckle up, because it's getting toasty in this one. (laughs) Yeah.
0: My name is Amanda. And I'm Kristen. And, and we are, are the, the extra sisters. sisters.
1: So sit back, relax, and let's get drunk and creepy. <laughs> Welcome to our third Haunted Happy Hour. And in this Haunted Happy Hour, we have a couple things. We're going to be discussing alien abductions, extraterrestrial theories, some history behind that. And we also have a special guest. So welcome, Sierra. Hello. Hello. Thank you for joining us. Sierra and uh, her girlfriend, Katie, actually just moved in with my husband and I. And I've been friends with Katie since high school. So it's really cool that they're here. And so we really wanted to get her in on some happy hour action. And she's
0: our very first guest together yes
1: yeah exactly i would just like to start off by saying there are children playing outside it is now officially summer so that might happen we don't have a studio because we don't make money so (laughs) someday sponsor hit us up um (laughs) But so you may hear some children playing outside, but it's starting the sun's starting to go down, so that should be pretty quick. And we also changed our mic settings a little bit, and there are um, we're a little bit farther away than we usually are, so please excuse the extra echo. But this is again one of those less edited, more laid back. We're drinking, I actually graduated from sweet wine to just straight up rum on ice. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, so um, I'm drinking Bacardi lemon on ice and. Kristen, you're drinking some wine. I'm still stuck on
0: wine,
1: yep. You've got a Reds, but you have actually also partaked in some of the Colorado fun here. (laughs) Oh, yes. We're all... under the influence here so welcome <laughs> uh, i'm super excited about this one because when we did the fourth kind we got really into yeah. aliens in general we had
0: lots of conversation about exactly it,
1: right? so this will be fun and sierra this is kind of more impromptu thing for you so i'm okay. interested to hear some of your thoughts about this okay. um since you didn't prep anything so but first kristen's gonna start off with a little personal story that she has
0: Alright, to start off this haunted happy hour, we've had other ghost stories before, and I'm going to start out with one from a cousin of mine. He actually just went into hospice, and this is a little tribute to him. Honestly, of the time of this posting, he'll probably be gone, sadly, but I know that he's definitely in the spiritual, so he'll still be around somewhere.
1: It's really cool that you're memorializing him forever in audio, though. Because it doesn't matter, like, even if we could quit this podcast, the audio will be there oh on the okay. internet forever. I
0: went to visit him recently in Seattle, and yeah. he told me this whole story, and I so regret. Like, halfway into it, I was like, I should fucking be recording this. But yeah. I didn't, and I failed,
1: but it's okay. But telling his story is still
0: exactly. cool, Absolutely. though. And we're going to yeah. do that. And he has many more stories than this. And you got to hear it in person. And like it
1: that. was yeah. amazing. so cool. And that's special like, for you. Like, we don't all yeah. need that, but you need that. Exactly. You know, so.
0: It would have been great if I had it play on my fucking phone but oh well i'm gonna tell the story he has so many but this is pretty scary so i'm I'm gonna go step by step because obviously i'm not him i wasn't living in it i'll probably miss some stuff but i'm gonna try so this all started out he and his boyfriend at the time Mm -hmm. they are married now Mm -hmm. but his boyfriend at the time they were separated and they lived in different places and the place that he lived in his boyfriend lived in was incredibly haunted and it started out one night, they got, like, going to karaoke. And they went to karaoke, and his boyfriend, Tony, went up on stage. And as he was going up on stage, he felt like a pat on his back. Like someone had touched him.
1: Absolutely not. No um, one was
0: near him. Rob was watching him. He's like, there's no one nearby you.
1: Rob is your cousin.
0: Rob is my cousin. Okay. Tony is his husband. Tony went up, did his thing. He came back, and he's like, did someone touch me? Was someone around me? What happened? What happened? And Rob's like, no one was around you. What are you talking about? Mm. They went into the men's room afterwards, and he Tony pulled up his shirt. There was a fucking pentagram in the bat in his back,
1: like carved into yes. his back, like a scratch. Yes. No, thank you. So that's
0: how it started. That's a pretty intense start. Yeah. Later on, they were standing outside. He lived in an apartment, and they were standing outside the apartment. They were getting back together. Finally, they were working through their stuff. They were standing outside, and they were smoking. And there was this girl walking by and she goes, oh my God, what's wrong with your head? And he went up to touch it and blood came away. He had big scratches on his forehead in public. Like this wasn't private stuff. This wasn't, I don't even know what happened. So something was coming after this man in particular.
1: Uh, No, thank you.
0: They finally got back together and they were living in that one apartment. And Rob, who he's very sensitive He's very into the ghosts, and he talks to people and stuff like that. This stuff doesn't scare him. It mostly just pisses him off if you go after someone he loves. And one night, he's laying in bed, and he hears fucking commotion in the bathroom. Like, it's just the two of them. Tony's asleep right next to him. What the fuck's going on? So all this loud commotion. He goes in there, and he starts walking towards the bathroom, and this roll of toilet paper, like almost in a horror movie, Rolls at him and stops right at his feet. Nope. Okay? He picks up the toilet paper and walks in, and he goes in the bathroom. The the curtain is closed, but the toilet paper goes up and over the curtain. So something is in the fucking shower. Mm
1: -mm. There was something in my shower, and I'm triggered.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He opened the curtain, and I think this was the creepiest part. He opened it, and that toilet paper roll was, like, almost completely undone. It was just this heap of toilet paper. Nothing was broken. So someone basically was standing in that shower just, like, feeding it out. Hmm. There was all the shampoo. Everything you would think would be in a shower was on top of it. Still, nothing was broken.
1: Hmm. Oh, my God.
0: Shit would just vanish randomly and show up right in front of their dryer in three days. They had a dog at the time, and they washed his, like, he had a bandana. Mm-hmm. And they washed it one time, and Rob had a video, because they did karaoke, so he took video of Tony doing karaoke, and in the video, he watches the bandana come off of, like, the coat rack, float, disappear. Three days later, it showed up in front of the dryer.
1: I don't know how people, even if they have these psychic abilities and this is, like, normal for how them, can just, like, go to sleep at night.
0: Yes. I would not I be agree. able to. I completely agree. Mm-mm. Even not seeing, but feeling some of this stuff, I don't yeah. know. I don't know. The creepiest one for me, this was very much paranormal activity. Tony was laying in bed one night and thank God there were like things he could grab onto on the headboard because something drug him out of that bed.
1: Ab oh fuck no. I think I'll just I don't wanna live in a world where somebody kids something can drag me out of my bed that I can't see. So I don't oh, know God.
0: I don't know if Robin's gonna be able to get me this audio, but he actually has audio of this because they were videotaping it, again because Tony was doing karaoke and they forgot to hit stop on the record. So there's audio of Tony screaming that something is pulling him out of that bed. Mm-hmm. And the next morning, there are claw marks on his calf. So after all this happened, Rob knows all kinds of stuff. I mean, he smudged that place so many fucking times. He has so many psychic friends that he brought in. He finally contacted this one woman who was like a friend of a friend of a friend, who was this amazing woman. He contacted her and...
1: Is she, she, like, the Zelda in, uh, Yeah,
0: basically. He contacted her, and she actually was supposed to come over to their house, and, like, the day before, she called Rob, and he could hear in the background some fucking shit going down, like, shit being thrown around her house, oh and she was, like, God. so it's here.
1: Oh my God. And
0: I have to come to your house tomorrow and we have to take care of this. So somehow it heard what he was saying, what he was talking on the phone and it tracked her down at her own house. He had never met her before and it tracked her down at her own home. She came to his house. I think it was the next day. She did it fast. She was like, let's get this taken care of because it's affecting me now. She went into his house and she got she got rid of it, but it was a whole process. And mm-hmm. basically, they found out that it was this um, basically neo Nazi that hated him because he was gay oh, and man. was going after Tony because Rob had dealt with this. He was strong, he wasn't weak like Tony. So he went after Tony because Tony was weak. And literally, as he was going, so this woman actually had to, it's fu- fucking funny, had to bring in this dude's mom from the fucking afterlife oh, my God. to take him away. <laughs> And as he was leaving, he fucking Tony was standing in the middle of the room, nothing around him. He fucking just pushed his head down on the floor and just like hit him one more time.
1: Oh my! He's like, I'm not going out without being petty. Yeah,
0: he's like, um, you're <laughs> a fucking <laughs> asshole. If I fucking hate you. Here, go.
1: Homophobic. Yes. Spirits. Yep. Wow. Absolutely. Even in death, people are still assholes. Yes. And that is a story
0: from my cousin.
1: Well, if you can get the audio,
0: oh my god, I'm gonna try so hard.
1: Yeah, we'll put it in an episode and we'll let people pictures know when it's audio. coming. There's
0: pictures of these scratches. They had a uh, die fag written on him one time. Oh, my, oh god. my god. There's so much shit written on him that are
1: pictures. Can you imagine? Well, I cannot. But being a gay person and. Not even being safe in your own home because they're homophobic fucking spirits. Right. What the fuck?
0: Some fucking bullshit? Like you just think you're fine, you're going to sleep at night? No, something's dragging you out and trying to fucking kill you. That's so messed up. Well,
1: Mm -hmm. hopefully. Tony's mother fucked that spirit <laughs> shit up. <laughs> yeah. no, no,
0: it wasn't Tony's mom. It was the neo-Nazi's mom that had to come. Oh, up. shit. Yes. I missed that. Like,
1: His basi- mom was like, stop yes. being an asshole. Like,
0: they basically like, I'm going to call your mom and tell on you. They fucking did. The psychic did that. She's like, I'm going to call your mom. And she fucking did. Good. <laughs> it's not great. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> So most people know how Kristen and I feel about aliens because we talked about it in the fourth Kind episode. Yes. I am kind of of the mindset where um, I have never had any experiences similar to the paranormal. I've never had any experiences of my own, but I think that it is pretty shallow-minded to think that we are totally alone in this vast universe that we Absolutely. don't even know anything about. That's ridiculous. Um, especially because we've found signs of sustainable things on other planets even within our galaxy so Mm. it just it seems like there would be something else out there there may not be maybe it's just vast empty blackness but i just really doubt that especially since space is one of those concepts that as humans we kind of like god we just can't even wrap our minds around its vastness and so i can't imagine that we're alone does that mean something's hostile or trying to get, not necessarily. They could not know anything about us, just like we don't know anything about them. But then there are those theories of they're watching us like we're animals in a zoo. Like, it's just, mm-hmm. you don't know. So I, I'm just kind of the mindset of, I think that it, like I said, it is um, narrow-minded to think that we are totally right. alone in this entire universe. Yeah. And so what, as a kind of third party here sierra what do you think of extraterrestrials
2: i honestly am on the same page as you as far as thinking like knowing that we're not totally alone as far as knowing what is out there that's not you know i have zero idea Mm -hmm. yeah but that it would be silly to think that there's nothing else out there
0: right we're it like how egotistical there's
1: no
2: there's no way there's no way that we're it Mm
1: -hmm. And like I said, even if they don't know anything about us and we don't know anything about them, like, we have no idea each other exists, they're probably having those same conversations about who is out there. Is there anything
2: else out there beyond, like, our own moon and our own sun? Like,
1: another
2: galaxies that are right 5 billion light years away.
1: We can only get (laughs) so far into our own galaxy. Like, it's just so mind-blowing so aliens is one of those things it's kind of like death it's scary to think about because you don't know Mm -hmm. what's there and you will never know what's there until you cross over and even then i don't know what that plane looks like do we gain that knowledge when we die or do we not and we just know when we die what the parameters of earth and now the afterlife are do you get those like omnipotent answers you know so it's kind of scary that'd be great so I do a more of the stories. You do more of the historical aspects.
0: Yeah, that's usually how it works. So
1: I have this story, and it is probably the most famous alien abduction story mm-hmm. in history. It even has a movie with James Earl Jones in it. So Which was
0: really cool when we found that out. A
1: lot of people have probably heard of this, but it is actually one that I hadn't because I've never really done any extensive research on aliens because aliens is one of those things that scares me to the point where it's really difficult for me to research it because I just fall into... I hate, the, like, a black hole, essentially. So it's not
0: even, like, Ouija boards where you we were fascinated. Yeah. This is yeah, just scary. This is
1: just scary because it goes beyond our comprehension and things that people don't understand are scary. Yeah. You know? And, like, even, I mean, Ouija boards, obviously, too, but that's also a fascination. But this is just, like, way beyond the scope of even the afterlife. This is could be happening here and now, just yeah. beyond mm-hmm. our grasp. So it's scary to me, much like death and the afterlife and near-death experiences and things like that are really scary to me. Um, Especially when people come back and say they've seen God or hell or aliens. Like, it's just something I can't wrap my head around. So, I haven't really done alien research. So, this story was new to me, but it probably won't be new to a lot of people. But it's still really interesting. And you can't really talk about aliens, abductions, UFO theories without talking about Betty and Barney Hill.
0: Absolutely.
1: So, I'm actually going to read an article, not verbatim, but go through this article that was actually just published March 19th of 2019 to National Geographic scratch that it was actually just posted on march 19 2019 to the history channel's website by linda lacina and so i'm going to kind of go through with some things she had to say because this is a story that is not original to her but she did a lot of research and put it into a really concise article that i really liked so
0: history channel ancient aliens
1: yes exactly (laughs) and if it's on the history channel it's true right
0: oh for
2: sure
1: yeah is it chasing us That thought coursed through Betty and Barney Hill's minds as they drove down the empty, winding country road in New Hampshire's White Mountains. It was a September night in 1961. They hadn't seen a car for miles, and a straight light in the sky seemed to follow them. When they finally got home to Portsmouth at dawn, they were far from relieved. They felt dirty, their watches stopped working, Barney's shoes were strangely scuffed, and Betty's dress was ripped. There were two hours of the drive that neither of them could remember. So what had happened? With the help of a psychiatrist, the quiet couple eventually revealed a startling story. Gray beings with large eyes had walked them into a metallic disc as wide, Betty said, as her house was long. Once inside, the beings examined the couple and erased their memories. So this is interesting because the fourth kind is also a story of a psychologist. Have you seen the fourth kind, Sierra? Yes. Okay, so it is the story of a psychologist right putting people under hypnosis to remember these abductions so you can kind of see through these real stories where a lot of these movies come from and we know that the fourth kind even though it puts on this facade as being a true story is not right so i,
0: I do remember this is where like probes and stuff that we hear about yes come from
1: exactly Their experience would kick off an Air Force inquiry, part of the secretive initiative Project Blue Book, which we will talk about here in just a moment, Kristen's going to take the floor on that one, that investigated UFO sightings across the country. The incident would also become the first ever widely publicized alien abduction account and shape how stories like it were told and understood from then on. Debate continues as to whether the husband and wife were liars, fantasists, crackpots, or simply sleep-deprived people who later recovered seriously scrambled memories. The Hills Road trip was spontaneous, a well-earned break Barney decided the couple needed, as explained in The Interrupted Journey, in 1966 book they collaborated on with author John G. Fuller. Barney was working a grueling night shift at the post office, driving 60 miles each way. Betty's job handling state child welfare cases was no easier. The little free time this couple had was devoted to their church and activities related to the civil rights movement. After 16 months of marriage, Betty and Barney saw this trip through Montreal and Niagara Falls as their delayed honeymoon. They left so impulsively that they had no time to go to the bank before it closed for the weekend. They got in their car with less than $70 in their pockets. On the last night of their three-day trip, the tired couple sipped coffee in a Vermont diner to recharge before driving back. Barney figured if they pushed through, they could beat the wind and rains from an approaching hurricane. They left the diner around 10 p.m., estimating they could reach their red-framed house in Portsmouth, New Hampshire between 2 a.m. and 3 a.m. at the latest. As they drove, Strange light in the sky gave another reason to hurry. At first, it looked like a falling star, but grew larger and brighter with each mile. Barney, an avid plane watcher and World War II veteran, was sure they had nothing to worry about. It's just a satellite, he assured Betty. It probably went off course. Satellite. Satellite, right. (laughs) It's never a satellite, it's always an alien. (laughs) (laughs) The light seemed to move with the car as Barney steered down the curving mountain road. The light zigged and zagged, ducking past the moon and behind trees and mountain ridges, only to reappear moments later. Sometimes it seemed to move toward them, in a game of cat and mouse. It had to be an illusion, they thought. Maybe the car's movement made it seem like the light, too, was moving. Curiosity overcame them. The couple pulled over at road stops and picnic turnouts to get a closer look. Through binoculars, Betty saw the white light was really an object spinning in the air. She told her husband, if you think that's a satellite or a star, you're being completely ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) He knew she was right. Barney had an IQ of 140, noted Fuller in his book. Barney was also a pragmatic man who wouldn't give flying saucers a second thought, remembered his niece Kathleen Martin in her work, Captured, the Betty and Barney Hill experience. The night was too quiet for a helicopter, a commercial plane, or even a military jet with a hotshot pilot. He didn't want to spook Betty, but was becoming concerned what was this light and why was it toying with them about 70 miles past the diner the object hovered just above the treetops approximately 100 feet above them barney abruptly stopped the car keeping the engine running he shoved a handgun he'd hidden beneath the seat into his pocket and rushed into a dark field leaving betty in the car what he saw was as big as a jet but as round as a flat pancake what is this thing he recalled thinking this can't be real Behind rows of windows, gray uniformed beings seemed to look right at them, Barney recalled. He tried to fit his hand to his pistol, but somehow couldn't. A voice told him not to put down the binoculars. He had a startling thought, we're about to be captured. Yelling hysterically, he ran back to the car and barreled down the road as Betty tracked the craft, craning her head around the car window. Without explanation, loud rhythmic beeps sounded from the car's trunk. The couple felt instantly drowsy and lost consciousness. They came to around two hours later and 35 miles down the road. Back home in Portsmouth, they tried to make sense of the night. Barney felt compelled to examine his body's lower half. Both seemed aware of a puzzling presence. So real quick. Yeah. Interesting to immediately be like, what happened to my ass? <laughs> I was thinking, I
0: literally did this. Aww. <laughs>
1: What? Something happened to either my ass or my dick, and I don't know which one, but I know somebody (laughs) fucked it up.
0: I mean, this is going to sound mean, but it's like when you go to the dentist and people are like, they're going to rape you in your sleep.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's probably good that they looked, I guess, because this is where we got, I think, our probe theories here. (laughs) Oh, my God. Hmm. yeah (laughs) in the weeks and months after betty an avid reader checked out books from the library discovering the civilian ufo group national investigations committee on aerial phenomenon so n-i-c-a-p which looks like kneecap to me (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. she also reported the sighting to the air force worried about radiation in the coming years with betty suffering from disturbing dreams and barney developing an ulcer and anxiety the couple sought mental help The two met with Benjamin Simon, a psychiatrist and neurologist who specialized in hypnosis, a mainstream technique at the time. Through months of weekly sessions, Simon helped the couple piece together what they think had happened. A vessel had landed on the hill's car, putting them to sleep. Afterward, gray beings walked them up a long ramp and into the spacecraft. Once inside, the hills were separated, taking turns in an examination room that had curved walls and a large light hanging from the ceiling. Each was asked to climb up on a metal table. The table was so short, Barney's legs hung over the side. During the examinations, the beings removed Betty and Barney's clothes, plucked strands of their hair, took clippings of their nails, and scraped their skin. Each sample was placed on a clear material, not unlike a glass slide. Needles, connected to long wires, probed their heads, arms, legs, and spines. Gross. Mm -mm. Yeah.
0: Mm -mm. F that.
1: One large needle, around four to six inches long, was inserted into Betty's stomach. Why? <sighs> this pregnancy test Fuck that. left her twisting in pain. If these aliens are so advanced, I don't know, you can just look at pee. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Throughout, a being Barney and Betty called the leader watched from the side. After Betty's examination ended, the beings rushed back into her room, excited. They discovered that Barney's teeth could be removed. <laughs> so their dentures. Okay. <laughs> Hold oh, God. oh, fuck. Yes. Oh, my God. We're
2: both like, oh, my God. You know, that's
1: why I never want to do, I know we will eventually, but human centipede sequence two or the oh, second no. oh, sequence oh, or whatever. There's gonna... a teeth scene that I just cannot get over and I can't stop ever thinking yeah. about. It's and it terrible. Really, it's it terrible. fucked me up, You're dude. Seen ter- it? Yes, I've seen both of them. Oh, oh my God. God. There's Ugh. three of them. Holy and fuck. I can can you can't show even. Show me
0: that gif and I'm Ugh. destroyed.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a, a terrible
2: s- movie. Yeah, it's terrible.
1: Terrible movie. series, but like in like a disturbing way, not in yeah. like a that's a garbage movie, but no, just like in, in a disturbing,
2: like, it's, it's uh, disturbing as fuck.
1: Yeah, but but so they've all made our list of disturbing movies. All yeah. the human centipedes have, because yeah. we have that list too. Gross. Yeah, but this in this I believe they're talking about dentures because I believe I read something about that. Oh, okay. So going forward. That makes I don't know. Okay, it does explain here. So, they discovered that Barney's teeth could be removed. Betty laughed, explaining that Barney had dentures, a fact of human aging that beings struggled to understand. I would not be fucking laughing.
0: Okay, can I digress for just a second? Yes. Because, okay. So, you guys can be mad at me, whatever. We talk about creepy shit. I believe in the ancient alien stuff. Okay. So, if anyone has ever heard of the Star Child. It is a alien skull, quote-unquote, that has been found. It was found in Mexico. And it was found in a cave. And it was actually found with two rows of teeth. So basically, the man who who has it now, he didn't found, find it. It was um, a Mexican woman who found it and they gave it to him. The man who has it now has brought it to all these experts, dental experts, skin experts, anything he can find, just even ophthalmologist experts on eye sockets and stuff he took it to a dental expert and the man looked at it and he felt around for a while and he looked at it and goes so there's two rows of teeth here so basically either we're looking at a child which makes no sense because the skull was too grown for like sutures that we would see on a child right so it's got to be an adult and for to be an adult the only reason they would have those two rows of teeth is because they live for so long that they need a second row to come down later So that would make sense on why they're worried about dentures. They're like, what the fuck is that shit? We have two sets of teeth.
2: Wow. Holy shit.
1: So I hate all of that. (laughs) (laughs) Later, alone with the leader, Betty asked where the craft had flown, admitting she knew little of the universe. The being joked with her, saying, if you don't know where you are, there wouldn't be any point in telling you where I am. Later, under hypnosis, she drew a star map shown to her on the ship. In 1965, the Hill story was picked up by a Boston newspaper. After that, everything changed. The quiet couple's story became the subject of the best-selling book and a movie starring James Earl Jones called The UFO Incident. The upstanding civil servants had become celebrity abductees. What's interesting to me about just, like, all of this is how close almost all alien abduction, like, movies and books are to this occurrence. Right. And what's also interesting to me is even in... Like film, you know, they always okay. Let's, I don't know if any either of you watch Archer. I've seen
0: a few okay, episodes. okay. There is
1: an episode where they go, they basically accidentally fly into Area 51 okay. and they are stopped by the military and they're being held there. And two of the characters run into these aliens and they learn things from them that blow their minds so much that they're just weeping on the floor. And I know it's a comedy show. It's like an animated comedy. But basically these aliens are just walking around Area 51 and they're gray beings Mm -hmm. like this. And they're basically ask them like, what's the universe like? And they show them telepathically and they're just like rocking on the floor, like crying. Holy shit. And then, like I said, I knew it's a comedy, but like, I don't know if I would want to know the answer because I literally don't know if my human brain could wrap my head around it. Right. That's insane.
2: I literally, like, read a Reddit story about someone falling into Area 51. Like, a photographer walked into Area 51 and, like, right. found this being. And then they're, like, trying like trying to get him out, basically. Or he, like, can't escape. And it's, like, that's crazy that you bring that up. Like, yeah. That's what that reminded me of. And I'm, like, can you freaking imagine just no. stumbling into Area 51? No. Just, no, accidentally. No one just stumbles in a stumbles saying, Supposedly out type it's shit. just
0: weather balloons, but no.
1: No. No. Mm-mm. Well, and if there's a whole conspiracy about Area 51 and aliens, there's a fucking reason for that. Like, yeah. I know people make up stories to excite the masses and cause all this, but I think some of the bigger conspiracy theories are big conspiracies because there's truth to them. Mm -hmm. To some extent, maybe not an extent that we blow them up to. But, for example, like the Illuminati, there's definitely a secret society of rich people that are going to be saved if there's an apocalypse. Oh, yes. Period. Yeah. Like 100 percent. And they want to have influence on the world. So they have this society and they do certain things a certain way to influence us. I think. So whether you believe in that to one extent or not, like it's there. Absolutely. Like even if it's to a much lesser degree than like the big conspiracy theories say it is, you know. Mm -hmm. So you've got some before. Let's talk about, I know you have stuff in different orders, but because I mentioned it, let's talk about, let's talk about Project Blue Book since I mentioned it in this story. And I know you have some stuff on Project Blue Book, so let's get into that a little bit and I will turn the mic over to you, so to say.
0: Okay. So I decided to look at Project Blue Book because this is a very cool thing. My grandfather was actually a part of it. Really? Yes. yes, he was in the Air Force, and Project Blue Book had three separate sets to it, but the one that he was in was the major one that was in 1952, and he was actually a part of that. So that's something cool that we got to learn about in my family. So basically, Project Blue Book was literally set for two things. That this is, This is all it was for. It was literally to see if UFOs were a threat to national security and to analyze UFO data. That was it. So they knew that this was a thing. They knew that this was happening. So is it a threat? And let's look at the statistics. That's all it was for. There were 12,618 UFO reports collected overall, over the history. 12,000. of these UFO reports, part of the Hills.
1: So I have a question. Okay. So how, how, and you may not know the answer to this. This is just something I'm thinking about. How do they distinguish a UFO sighting from someone just saw a plane or a helicopter or a shooting star or something like that? Is there a way to distinguish that that we know of for the military? I
0: don't know how they distinguish it, but I do know that I do have some statistics on it, but it's literally just very generalized terms. Got it. Most of those 12,000 were normal phenomenon or aircraft. That was okay. it. There was a small percentage that was secret reconnaissance. So we're talking, I mean, this is Cold War stuff. So this is the yeah. Russians and the Americans were going at each other. A very, very small percentage of that. An even smaller percentage
1: were unexplained. What the fuck does that mean? So if the Air Force doesn't know that something's in their airspace. Yes. Or know what it is that is in their airspace.
0: Exactly. Even the Air fuck Force that. is going, we don't know. And in the 1970s, they had to release all this stuff. That's how I know my grandfather was in it, because he was able to say I was in it. Mm-hmm. But they didn't give names. They didn't give dates. They didn't give locations on anything unexplained. All that
1: shit's redacted. They yep.
0: Can't... Everything. So, what's, so what the
1: fuck happened? Yeah, and what's another, like, super scary thing is it's not like shooting stars or anything can get are picked up in in radar, like right. so. I'm sure a lot of people called and saw a shooting star, and they're like, "Oh my God, I just saw a UFO!" But right. they these have to be recorded in their radar. Yes. So it's not like anything like a shooting star or just a normal commercial or even military airplane are going to be accounted for. I mean, you know, all of those things are accounted for. So right. what does unexplained mean to the military? Yes. I'm curious.
0: Sadly, we'll never know. All these guys that were a part of it—my grandfather has is probably have dementia now.
1: So yeah, of course. These
0: guys won't know anymore. It's all gone.
1: And another thing too that's scary is just talking about things we don't know about our government. We have a very close friend who I know is listening to this. Shout out to you. Um, whose husband is very high up in the air force. Yes. And he will not let her travel to certain places because he knows shit that's going on in the world that none of right. us know about very intricate things. She doesn't even know what job he does right? because she can't know. And that's probably one, because it's dangerous and two, probably because it's extremely confidential. Mm-hmm. So What do we not know about? What do they know that we don't know about extraterrestrials?
0: Just for a moment. Yeah. I just want to explain my grandfather's job for a second. Yeah. Okay. Because he was so secret. Yeah. He was the youngest chief master sergeant. So that's one of the highest levels you can get without a degree. Yeah. He was the youngest in the history of the Air Force. So for him to get that high, what information does he have slash how did he get there?
1: I don't want to know, to be honest with you. Exactly. I really... I I think if your grandfather told you... Even if he He could tell you, I know, but even if he could tell you, I don't know if you'd want to know, to be honest. I
0: don't don't know if I would either.
1: I think that there is a certain truth to ignorance is bliss because how do we go about living our lives when we know something is up there? Yes. Like you just don't leave your fucking house. Yes. You know, how do you just go to work knowing that something is watching you or studying you Yes. or is there and we can't do anything about it Exactly. because our technology doesn't even come close to theirs.
2: Exactly. If they
1: have found us and they are not in our galaxy, see, we haven't really explored past our galaxy because our technology just cannot do that at the moment that we know of, mm-hmm. that we know of, you know, it's like, then they're clearly more advanced than we are. Right. If they can find us and we can't find them. Right. So I don't want to know who's up there watching us because then I would just never be comfortable. Yeah. There's nowhere on earth you can go. Yeah. It's not like somebody... Let's say somebody's in Colorado Springs that you're scared of, or even in the United States. It's not like you can go to Canada, Mexico, New Zealand, no. Europe. Like, it doesn't fucking matter. are Because right. they're watching the entire everywhere. Earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're mm-hmm. watching us kill our planet, but that's another podcast. I mean, didn't
0: you comment on that in, in the fourth kind about how basically we're zoo animals and they're watching us yeah, to so see when we're ready? Yeah, so there
1: was an article that came out, actually, pretty much the day we were going to do the fourth kind, that there is a theory... That has some, I say this, but it was like a Unilad article, so Mm. take that as you will, Mm -hmm. Um, but that we are being observed like we observe animals in the zoo, and not even necessarily for entertainment purposes, but just for, like, studying purposes. Maybe to just find out about us as a species, like we try to do with like ocean creatures, for example, when we just watch them or just really any animals learn their behavior mm-hmm. um, outside of captivity in the wild in their own natural habitat. That's why we have, um, you know, rescue or um, reserves and things mm-hmm. like that. What if we're just there is a theory that we are just being watched and observed and that could just be. What
0: if they created us and we're just an experiment that they're watching?
1: Like South Park said, we're a fucking TV show.
0: Exactly. (laughs) What if South Park's right? South Park is right about so much shit. What if they're fucking right? Hundreds of years later, we're going to be like, this random TV show. Their very
1: first episode is an alien probe. Yes. What if? (laughs) He shit
2: fire out of his ass. Exactly.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What if the creators of South Park know them?
2: Ooh. (laughs) Okay, we're
1: on it I'm on to you, Matt Stone. Wait. Yeah, and Trey Parker. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Also, just a note, we are recording this on the 40th anniversary of the release of Alien.
1: There's a reason for stuff. (laughs) So it's even better.
0: 1867.
1: Ooh, we're
0: going
1: old. We're going old. So some historical things about UFO sightings. Dude, this liquor is kicking my ass, dude. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to try to do my best here. On on, On April 17th, 1897. On April seventeenth, eighteen ninety seven. So eighteen ninety seven. This is documented from the eighteen hundreds. Granted, it was the late eighteen hundreds, but I mean, if we're, I don't know, because there weren't like fucking commercial jets flying over in eighteen (laughs) ninety seven, right? Good,
0: one hundred and twenty some years ago.
1: Yeah, dude. On April 17th, 1897, a UFO clipped the windmill of a local farm in Aurora, Texas. It's always fucking... T- Dude, okay.
2: Everything, all the weird shit. Are
1: you from Texas or have you yes. just been there most of your life? I am, okay. I was so born we're, in Texas. We're both from Texas. Yes. Um, I was born in Dallas.
0: I was not. I'm better.
1: <laughs> no. We were our own country. Yeah, literally. They'll step off. Colorado with your, <laughs> with your pots. With your pots. In Aurora, Texas, a lot of things happen in rural areas. Uh, maybe because they realize if they fly over a city, everybody's going to gawk at them. I don't know if, you know. East it's Texas easy. is the place to
2: do that shit. East
1: Texas, dude, for real. Can East I just Texas. comment also? It's yeah.
0: probably because there's so many lights up in cities, you don't even fucking see it. Yeah,
1: that's also true. Maybe they're just chilling up in the cities. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm. Um, a UFO clipped the windmill of a local farm in Aurora, Texas, and crashed. The not-of-this-world pilot died in the crash, and it was subsequently buried, with Christian rights, in an unmarked grave at Aurora Cemetery. Both Dallas and Fort Worth newspapers would go on to cover the extraterrestrial story.
0: Bringing
1: religion into it, huh? Yep, yeah. You're not going to bury him without Christian rights, <laughs> <laughs> Kristen. <laughs> God. The Battle of Los Angeles, 1942. On February 24th, 1942, less than three months after Pearl Harbor and the United States entering World War II, air raid sirens rang throughout Los Angeles County. At three o'clock in the morning... So not only is fucking it the 3 not only is it the witching hour, the demons hour, mm. it's also the alien hour. Apparently,
0: fucking three, dude. Dude, my dogs
1: always wake up around three o'clock in the morning, and I'm like, it's probably just their peace schedule by now, but it I always will scares it. me. I will yeah. I'll not get
0: out of bed at three a.m. I don't
1: care. <laughs> at three in the morning, the thirty seventh Coast Artillery Brigade began firing over fourteen hundred shells into the sky at what they believed to be another Japanese attack. All
0: I'm picturing is them like firing in the sky, like Aah! Yeah. <laughs> and nothing.
1: Ultimately, the event was determined to be a false alarm. But to this day, conspiracy theorists believe the military's target that night was an alien spaceship. Sierra, you are around the same area that I moved from. Have you seen the... Out in uh, when you are like headed towards like Tulacany or yeah. East Texas it's on two hundred five.
2: Fuck is that? Where is it? It's that?
1: between like Rockwall and Poetry area. Yes,
2: it's out like Fate yeah, it's out like in that.
1: Fate yeah. and like Black uh, Blackland yes. kind of. Yes, there is a. It's just a house that somebody had at some point, but it looks bright orange, just like this UFO that I'm looking at right here in mm-hmm. this picture. Mm-hmm. I've told you about that. I yeah. think I think I've showed you a picture of it. It's
0: on about your grandmother's house right because my
1: grandmother oh, yeah. lived in Tawaconee yeah mm-hmm. and, and like Tawaconee and we would go to visit her and we would take 205 to her house and we I mean this thing has been there since I've been like little little because we'd go visit her and I mean when I was like five, four or five and we would pass the little UFO spaceship house and mm-hmm. it's like it was scary as a kid because why would somebody apparently this was like a big a thing in the 70s but why would somebody do that? And there were just literally stairs going up yeah. to it. It's not like it had a porch or anything. It's just yeah. this like UFO building. And
2: it's got. Yeah. yeah. It's got like a little bitty spiral staircase that goes up, and it's got like the door, and it's got the windows all the way around. Yeah. And it still kind of has like the separators. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, exactly. I mean, people have been able to go in there and tear shit out now, but. Yeah, it's like, you been can vandalized where, definitely. Like where the rooms were in there, like it's it's wild. It's <laughs> whack,
1: yeah. <laughs> Aliens. Aliens. <laughs> Throughout the year of 1946, around 2,000 different sightings of rocket-shaped UFOs were reported in and around Sweden. The UFOs were quickly named Ghost Rockets, or because of the location of the sightings, Scandinavian Ghost Rockets. Investigations concluded that the Ghost Rockets were merely meteors. However, skeptics are quick to point out that the majority of the Ghost Rockets weren't witnessed during a meteor shower activity. So... I don't know. I think that some conspiracy theorists are a little out there, but then I think there are some that are pretty on my, right on the money. Right. It's just you know what it is. Roswell, New Mexico, 1947. Mm-hmm. If you don't know about Roswell, where have you been? Um, Roswell I'm also is watching a TV show right now. Yes, Roswell <laughs> is the probably most bo- other than Area 51, which we can't get into, which is also in New Mexico, right? New mm-hmm. Me- yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Roswell is. I mean, the aliens. Like one-stop shop for tourism, right? I
0: have a family Uh, friend who lives by Roswell. All phone signals cut out. You can't have internet, nothing, because of the base that's there. Why the fuck is the base there? There's nothing around.
1: Just happens to be right next to a UFO crash site, right? Yeah. Alright. Considered the world's most famous, most exhaustively investigated, and most thoroughly debunked UFO claim, thoroughly debunked, The story goes that on June 14, 1947, William Brazel discovered some metallic debris, and after reporting it, a group of soldiers from Roswell Army Air Force Base confiscated the findings. Headlines declared the incident a flying saucer crash, while the military suggested it was a weather balloon. Weather balloon. Mm -hmm. Mm. The story seemingly ends there, until in 1978, when conspiracy theorists adopted the UFO incident as their own, surmising that at least one UFO crashed that day. The military salvaged the alien bodies and the government covered it all up. In 1997, the Air Force released a 231 page report completely debunking the UFO theory. Meanwhile, this hasn't affected the city of Roswell from embracing the nickname Alien City or serving as the UFO capital of America with its annual UFO festival, the International UFO Museum and Research Center, and a spaceship shaped McDonald's, (laughs) which is interesting because a couple things, um, I'm all about taking advantage of people for money i'm just kidding <laughs> um but we are in a fairly touristy city colorado springs manitou springs um right. pretty touristy um so any trap that like uh the coffin races in manitou city for example tourist say, they trap
0: definitely bring people into ghosts and haunted stuff in a- manitou.
1: exactly so it's just interesting to me you know that they're like okay let's run with this ufo theory but what if The aliens want them to run with that UFO theory, and they're the ones that planted the conspiracy because they wanted people to know the truth.
0: Can I comment about the Roswell show real quick? Mm -hmm. Because it was something really cool that I was like, huh, I could see them doing that. There's this conspiracy theorist who actually has a podcast who talks about alien stuff, and he just constantly bombards the airways with alien stories over and over and over again so that when the true stuff happens, it's so buried in everything else nobody fucking knows. And the government's making him do that. Dun,
1: dun, dun. The government's a bunch of hoes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just... Um... To to camp. So this one from 1948 is interesting because it's actually told from the perspective of a pilot. So imagine what but you see up the there.
0: Ones. I feel like those are the truest ones. Because yeah. Because they, they have shit everything the to lose. They have their whole careers. Why would they say anything else but the truth?
1: I don't know. To write a book, Maybe. On July 24th, 1948, while piloting an Eastern Airlines flight to Atlanta, Clarence Chiles, or Chiles, depending on how white he is, and John Witted, 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 (laughs) W-I-T-T-E-D, saw a dull red glow above and ahead of the aircraft. The unidentified aircraft was upon them in seconds, passing by the right side of the commercial plane before it pulled up, with a tremendous burst of flame out of its rear. And zoomed up into the clouds. So I knew you were gonna say something about that.
2: <laughs> no
1: The encounter lasted around ten to fifteen seconds later, being described by the pilots as a wingless aircraft that seemed to have two rows of windows through which glowed a very bright light, as brilliant as a magnesium flare. In the end, only one passenger aboard the plane, other than the two pilots, noticed anything out of the ordinary. But my comment there is Three people noticed. Had it been one person, okay, you're fucking crazy, you're tired, like whatever. But a passenger and two pilots noticed. Mm -hmm. When I fly, especially at night, there's nothing to look out the window at. So why would I be looking out the window? Which may explain why only one person saw it.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: It's interesting because a lot of these stories happened in the 40s. There are a few consecutively from 1948, specifically. So I wonder what their schedule is. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, that's when we really got into the airs. That's true. Yeah. Maybe they were like, hey,
0: maybe they were advanced enough. Let's go check them out. In
1: 1951, the story is called Lubbock Lights. And Mm -hmm. Lubbock being Lubbock, Texas. Lubbock. On the night of August 25th, 1951, three Texas Tech science professors noticed 20 to 30 unidentified lights overhead in one of their backyards. Five nights later, a freshman at Texas Tech named Carl Hart Jr. photographed 20 lights in flying V formation. Hart's photos were then published in numerous newspapers as well as Life magazine. Again, another Texas. Lubbock. So I almost went to Texas Tech. My One of my very best friends, Parker went to Texas Tech, and I almost was there with him. Um, Lubbock is out in the middle. Texas Tech is really the only thing for miles that is of any significance. If you drive from Lubbock to Dallas, it's like a seven hour drive of fucking nothing. Mm -hmm. And so it would be convenient, again, one of those rural towns, but with enough people to notice, like people at Texas Tech University, which is interesting so this one this next one is interesting this is the kexberg ufo incident in 1965 on december 9th 1965 a giant fireball streaked across the night sky being witnessed by thousands across six states and parts of canada while reported by the press as a meteor witnesses in the small town of kexberg pennsylvania claimed something landed in the woods one witness a volunteer firefighter said he saw an acorn shaped object the size of a volkswagen beetle with hieroglyphic That's a hard word to say, drunk. Hieroglyphics displayed around its base. (laughs) Other witnesses reported a large military presence securing the area and a flatbed truck removing an object. Upon searching the area, the military later claimed they found nothing in the woods. And it is very similar to a men in black scene. (laughs) O'Hare International Airport sighting in 2006. So we're moving up. I skipped some from the 70s and the 90s. But on November 7th, 2006, and I did this 2006 one because it's significant. Because in 2006, we had the internet. We had uh, HD photography. Like, Mm -hmm. we were really in the age of technology at this point. So for a sighting to be seen in 2006 is pretty significant. On November 7th, and to not be explained also, in 2006. Mm -hmm. On November 7th, 2006... A RAMP employee at O'Hare International Airport in Chicago spotted a saucer-like object in the sky. Shortly after the pilot of the flight, the RAMP employee had been working on also reported seeing the object. Eventually, witnesses outside of the airport also began reporting sightings. The Chicago Tribune covered the UFO encounter, writing, The disc was visible for approximately five minutes and was seen by close to a dozen United Airlines employees, ranging from pilots to supervisors, who heard chatter on the radio and raced out to view it. The FAA would later claim it was an obscure weather phenomenon, but with zero follow-up investigation, witnesses were left to believe the FAA covered up the truth. Which, obviously...
0: Why are people so arrogant and their egos so big to not go, I don't know what the fuck that was? Why do we have to explain it with some random bullshit?
2: Yep. Because people don't know how to say I don't know.
0: God forbid we say that, right?
1: Alright, last one, and then we're going to turn it over to some history stuff from you. For two consecutive nights in July 2010... The residents of Boysen, South Africa, witnessed incredibly bright lights in the sky, many believed to be shaped like a triangle. Hovering in the air motionless for two hours on both nights at exactly 8.30 p.m., the UFO made its descent. Following those two nights in 2010, the lights have never been seen again, leaving the Johannesburg Planetarium and the South African Air Force speechless on what the lights could have been. So in 2010, just nine years ago, mm-hmm. which seems like a long time, but again, this was the age of technology. So truly, really, right. I mean, it's the blink of an eye in the age of technology like that. And so for them not to even put out a statement, even falsifying claims and literally having no claim at all. And this happening for two nights and entire cities to be shook by this yeah. is pretty telling i don't know it just kind of makes you think like we think that we're so smart in in this age of technology which we are for us Mm -hmm. compared to the rest of our existence and it's just so interesting to me that this age of technology happened so quickly after millenniums of us being around all of a sudden just in the last like 10 20 years we figured out computers it's just super interesting to me that that is um The timeline of how that happened. So, were we influenced? Is Elon Musk a fucking alien? Like, (laughs) who fucking knows? (laughs) Yeah.
0: You know what usually gets to me on that technology thing? What? Basically what it came down to is us making rocks talk to each other. Yeah. That's basically what we did. Was we came up with different rocks and we figured out a way for them to speak. That's what computers are. That's fucking fascinating. And how the fuck did we figure it out? So, this is just a quick comment on ancient aliens. This is the history of basically what it comes down to or what people think it comes down to. And it comes down to a race called the Anunnaki. And they are Sumerian deities that we think or ancient alien people think that are aliens that came down. They were a group of deities with the Sumerians. They came to earth to mine gold and they actually created us to be slaves to mine this gold.
1: I was about to say, not on accident, though. No.
0: We had Neanderthals, and then all of a sudden we were supposed to come from that. And if you look at bone structure, if you look at brain structure, if you look at our statures and how it came from a Neanderthal to us, there is so many thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands of years of evolution that should have happened that didn't. And we're just supposed to come from that. Where are the skeletons? Where is everything at? So, if that's not there, maybe somebody created us. If they created us, why?
1: I mean, if they created us, as a Neanderthals to do the work they didn't want to do.
0: I mean, don't we need gold in all of our computers and everything? If that's the technology that we're taking from everyone else, maybe they do need gold. What ancient alien people believe is that they were here, and then they were forced to leave when the glaciers receded and caused the Great Flood, which is in every civilization's Bible.
1: Yeah. Absolutely, because it happened.
0: Exactly. If things like that, and many people have said it, the Sumerians are our first account of writing. And if the Sumerians have stories like the Great Flood and stuff, where did that come from? You only get stories from other stories, or you get it from history. So where did it come from? What Mm -hmm. historical event happened for them to create these stories? That's just a quick background on that. And then I'm going to delve into something a little creepier.
1: Okay. I'm really feeling the liquor, dude. (laughs) Go ahead. I'm ready.
0: This is called the twin effect, which I had actually never heard of until I looked at it recently. It was pretty creepy when I looked into it. So the twin effect is when women are taken by aliens and they are impregnated. They come to Earth. They come back to Earth. They go to doctors. They have ultrasounds. They have notes from doctor's offices saying they are pregnant. All of a sudden, they have a miscarriage with no fetus no blood, no nothing. Just all of a sudden, they're not pregnant.
1: Oh my god.
0: And this lasts about two to three months, so there should be something. There should be some effect on your body. Mm -hmm. Yeah. These women have invasive Mm -hmm. procedures performed, often removing the ova entirely. Later, the women miss their period. They report, obviously, to the doctors, and then something's gone. Later, after these women miscarry, they've gone through everything, they are taken back on board and they view their children. And they remember these stories of viewing their, their hybrid children on board years later that have grown up. Mm-hmm. And they're taken multiple times to do this. These women often go to therapists where they are hypnotized to find out that they are missing events They even go, they have panic attacks. They go to actual physicians. They have to have hysterectomies due to things that are done by their bodies. These women are pregnant at a time they weren't even having sex.
1: So what the
0: fuck is happening? Mm -hmm. They're just being taken.
1: And you know what's really sad about that is no one believes them.
0: Yes. Exactly. Mm. That's exactly the sad part. There are many women that have had all of their eggs removed that they can go into a doctor's office, go under ultrasound and all that, and there's nothing there. What the fuck happened? Yeah. None of these women that have ever been tested have had a history of, of child abuse, of sexual child abuse. None. Wow. So it's not like they're faking this. Yeah. And then the last thing I have is an account of a woman in Italy that this happened to. In 2016, a woman in Italy was abducted and pregnant by aliens. She had to have an abortion when there were complications with the fetus. She had been visited off and on since she was four. The aliens would leave marks on her body and phosphorescent markings that she took pictures of. There are pictures online of it. Hmm. She also has videos of shapes visiting her. When the abortion was performed, a human hybrid creature was examined by the doctor. There's pictures of that, too. It looks kind of like frog-like that was taken out of her body.
1: Thank you all for joining us for this third haunted happy hour, which was a little bit more happy and than. Thank you for Sierra. Yes, thank you, Sierra, for joining Sierra us. For joining us. That I hope was you awesome. had fun.
2: Oh yeah,
1: um, we've been sitting in the dark for too long. We're gonna go watch a horror movie now that we are um,
2: <laughs> nice and toasty. Nice and
1: toasty. <laughs> <laughs> um, but again, thank you for joining us for this. We hope that this made you think about things, but also um, just kind of. I don't know. It's just aliens are so scary and interesting. Maybe they're not scary. Maybe they're protectors. That's a that's an angle you could take, too. Maybe they, if they did create us, they are watching over us. And even if they didn't create us, maybe we're like how we look at, like, penguins or something. Like, protect the cute little beings here. You know? Um. So maybe they're protectors. I don't know. Maybe they want to kill us. Maybe they want our planet. Like, you just never know. And it's terrifying. And that's why you can't watch War of the Worlds without crying. So... <laughs> Okay, I haven't seen that movie in so long. Either of so them. The great. Tom Cruise one or the original one. The original. They're just, like, terrifying. Um, both of them. So, um, I was really excited for this episode because it is so profound. Yes. Like, it's not just, like, ooh, Ouija boards, you are summoning a demon. Like, everybody knows that. But, like, aliens, like, we don't know. We don't mm-hmm. know. So, anyways, yeah. Um, <sighs>
2: And there's knowledge in the unknown that we have no idea about.
1: Yeah. that's what's fucked up. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So we hope you enjoyed this. Um, We're excited for the ones that we have coming up, so stay tuned for those. And again, this is a very loose format, fun episode for us. I drank too much rum straight just from the fucking bottle with ice. Um, (laughs) So uh if you have any comments or questions you can feel free to reach out to us dm us email us um our next haunted happy hour is actually going to be about haunted dolls and specifically like hand me down antiques and artifacts like that. So if you've had uh, any experience in those things or have a story or have a family member story or anything like that, or maybe you just heard something interesting and want us to know about it and put it in the episode, please feel free to email us at the at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at the extra sisters podcast. You can find us on Twitter at the extra sisters, and you can also find us on our website at extra
0: com and until next time stay creepy